Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not Swiss French. So I guess I just can't appreciate the pure genius that is Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. The only way you can like this movie is if, is if you're Swiss French, apparently. I'm in Alex. And coming at you from the bottom of a well, it's Britain. Uh, sorry in advance for the audio guys. Had a, had a few snafus. I've been... <clears throat> I've been get, I've been getting into prepping. You you guys hear about this? Uh-huh. You guys you guys hear about how uh, like meal prepping, like meal like meal prepping and like bunker prepping. <laughs> and so I was digging a big well because one day a, a rain gonna come, and the where will I stand when the flood comes? In my bunker. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I got down here. Uh, <laughs> baby Jessica's still here. <laughs> That's a dark joke. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone but i am hanging out uh down here and trying to do the podcast and my ding dang ladder fell down <laughs> got got snatched up so i gotta just 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 record from the bottom of this well it's gonna be good when uh i'm able to make your audio sound perfectly normal and <laughs> sure. <laughs> no like, one notices anything <laughs> yeah um I was listening to our last week's episode and at the end of it, Tyler and I are very optimistic about this movie. I was very much like, you know what? I'm, I'm totally open. I may very well like Halloween five. And Tyler was like, I'm excited to see like what happens. And you know, maybe one of us will be like, this one's for me. So let's begin the discussion of Halloween. <laughs> um, do the we revenge wanna, of Michael Myers. Do we want to start with our, our more uh, serious note before we get into the, the film discussion? Good idea. Um, yeah, just just real quick, we'd like to you know say a couple of words about Michael K. Williams, uh, who passed away um, uh, the day that we're recording this. Uh, obviously, I, I, I was a big fan of him as an actor. Uh, he's wonderful on The Wire as Omar. Everyone knows that. Um, but he's also been just in, in a wide variety of different roles. Um, so he will definitely be missed. And it feels oh, yeah. it feels yeah. weird attaching him to Halloween five. But <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I definitely I saw a little bit of him on the wire from what I watched. But like he, he would pop up on community. He did a lot of like comedies and he was in like 12 Years a Slave. And I mean, he's just all over the place. He was. Yeah, I mean, Boardwalk Empire and now Lovecraft Country. I mean, the, the guy was just everywhere. And he worked for years, and I believe he was like a, a like a black queer actor when it was not... I mean, it's not easy to be that now, but particularly not as you know he was coming up. I think he started as like a dancer, like back in the 80s or something. I mean, he was... He did it. He did it all. And like, it was it was pretty crushing to, to read that yesterday. Um, it's just... There's never a good time for, for that to happen, but especially, especially not now. But, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I know, I don't know what to say, but it would feel wrong to not say something, especially like after we lost Ed Asner last week, which like, he's a huge name in my house for a lot of reasons. Um, namely, not this is gonna sound silly, but I mean it very honestly. Uh, the character of Mike Cosgrove on Freakazoid, like 
one of my favorite <laughs> animated TV characters. But I mean, he was Carl enough. He was all over the place. Like he's it's Ed Asner. He's a legend, and that is not a term I use lightly. So to lose him and now Michael K. Williams is just like, oh my god, it's 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 a rough one. Yeah. But I've said it before. You know, the great thing about movies and television is that you talk about even if you talk about a person's life in the past tense, you get to talk about their work in the present tense forever. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm sure that as the three of us go on to continue to watch more things, we will see even more of of Michael K. Williams and of Ed Asner, and we'll have a lot of really wonderful experiences doing so. Definitely agree. Yeah. But that is not for this <laughs> evening. <laughs> Tonight we are discussing wonderful experiences. Tonight we dine in hell. Or in <laughs> this case, we watched Halloween 5, was, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Hell spat us back out or whatever. <laughs> did I say when I said when I said the, the name of the movie before? Did I say Return or Revenge? <laughs> uh, good question. I really hope I say Re- I said Return. <laughs> I hope it's a mistake. <laughs> the Revolution of Michael Myers. <laughs> these these titles are terrible. All right, so uh, Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers. Um, we can get into that if he actually got his his revenge or not. Uh. <laughs> Big question marks everywhere. Uh, from uh, 1989, I believe, it is directed by Dominique Othinan Gerard. And brace yourselves, boys. It has a 12% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 37% audience score. I could yeah. be wrong. I don't think that's the lowest we'll go for the critic score. I was about to ask. I... I... Yeah, I don't bl- just from these like the Metacritic and stuff on IMDb. I don't think it's the lowest. What's the lowest critic score of any movie we reviewed? That's that's the real question. I was actually gonna gonna start going and looking that up while we we were getting into best and worst things. I so. guess it would have to be Alien versus Predator or Oh Red yeah, Man. probably. It's, it's got to right? be one of those two. Yeah, I, I will. I will fizzily uh, uh, search while uh, um, you know what fistful of dollars. <laughs> who knew two <laughs> percent widely reviled Not you know sometimes people milk. say rotten tomatoes just the critics <laughs> don't know what they're talking about and they still don't tyler what is your best thing and your worst uh, thing about halloween five the empire strikes back <laughs> yeah um <laughs> yeah uh i think my best thing I'm going to I'm going to get this out of the way quick. It's probably going to be the last good thing I say about the movie. Um, my best thing about the movie is that Michael Myers uses various farming equipment to make a couple kills. <laughs> and that's fun. That was a sure. good time. He uh, I believe Mikey, uh, the the very ironically named Mikey, because then mm. Michael Myers goes on to impersonate him in the film. Um, he gets his car scratched up. So he gets out of the car to confront Michael Myers. Then Michael Myers. uh slaps him in the forehead with like a three-pronged rake thing yeah. um and just jams it right in there uh and he gets real bad and that's fun um and then also uh later in the film he uses a a pitchfork to uh 
stab our our very good dear friend spitz um who we'll have to talk much about um in the back uh while he is um yeah in flagrante delicto sure uh and then um slices the throat of his lover uh with the with said pitchfork as well which is like we don't see it because you know you want to leave a little bit to the imagination we don't see how he slices with a pitchfork i thought he uses a scythe on her does he i thought it was the same thing i think he has like a big like a scythe okay yeah well because he slashes her with a giant blade and you see like a little string of blood yeah there's a nice little bit well he's he's precise he is an artist (laughs) uh, in a way and so he really he really got the exact the exact look he was going for um delicate brushstroke michael right. myers michael myers is, is in like a new york loft just slinging blood yes at a big canvas as like a woman lays in the bed like you're so impulsive <laughs> the Tyler, just as a fun fact i believe the actor that played michael myers this time uh don shanks i think he's actually the one responsible for a lot of the uh farming implements being used um because i think really killed those people yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah that blood hey, let real. me just uh let me try this out uh get the get the camera rolling oh god <laughs> but I, I, I i do believe because I, I went back and looked at some of the behind the scenes stuff i believe the story is like he used to to work on a farm or something like that he had some mm. experience so he was just like showing the director of like here's just like interesting things and they were like yeah we'll use it <laughs> here's all right a- I used to work on a farm. This is sharp. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It does make yeah, you wonder how that's... it came up in conversation. If, if Don Shanks was like, I've got, I don't want to just use a butcher knife in this farm. It's a farm. You it, 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 Thematically, it doesn't work. Okay. Now a scythe. <laughs> um, real quick. Well, that's a, that's an old uh, three pronger. You're going to want to use that on a skull. Really get that, uh, you know, weight behind it so you can really drive it right in. Uh, the pitchfork, pitchfork's better on the soft flesh. Uh, yeah, you're going <laughs> to need to need to use that. Uh, you know, get get a bit of a wind up on that one. Uh, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're not going to want to see it coming. Otherwise, they can maybe deflect that that long handle there. Then they're like a nebbishy guy runs in and he's like, uh, Mister Mister Athen and Gerard, uh, I was looking over the books and. There's no record of a Don Shanks in any of the state ID uh, libraries. There, there, there's a, a a Don Gentle from Piscataway, New Jersey, but it says he was committed for committing farm-based murders. <laughs> it can't be the same person, right, Mister Othin and Gerard? And that's when Don Shanks ran over them all with a tractor. Um, yep. Alex, <laughs> what were you saying? Uh, just to interject, I I went back and looked through the scores, and there are a couple that that are right around this. So AVP Requiem has a twelve percent. Oh, Batman and Robin snap. has an eleven percent. Okay, the lowest, as far as I can tell, I may have missed something because I was just quickly scanning through them, is a five percent from Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, Whoa. did not guess. Ooh, good call. Good call. All right. Are we are we going to set a, a new record this time? I don't want to I don't really want to know. I don't want to spoil it if uh one of the upcoming films here is going to I'm really... I'm going to look for my own Yeah. Uh 
since I've I've seen most of these movies, I'll, I'll look for my own uh, satisfaction, but I, I will not spoil. Okay, all right. And I we'll promise, that as a... just you know, since since this is an uh, audio only medium and you can't see our faces, I will not give it away. I will everyone listening, I will not give it away with my face. It'll be fine. Okay, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm Tyler, pretty sure Britain is also looking it up. So Tyler, what is your? Uh... <laughs> uh, so that was my best thing. Uh, good, good on old Don. Uh, apparently he came through for me when no one else could in this movie. Um, my worst thing, uh, I, so basically from the moment the movie started, I was not into the movie (laughs) and there's not, it wasn't a, you know, Alien 3, uh, spoilers, I guess, kills off some main characters right away in a way that, like, in, in kind of just a uh, almost opening credits style way of just like, by the way, these characters are dead. It is the um, opening credits. <laughs> okay. For all yeah, yeah. and purposes. Um, been a while since I've seen it. But yes, basically kills the characters off right away. And so that it's not something like that where there's something immediately that lost me. It was just... I was constantly questioning why scenes were shot the way they were, why sequences happened at certain times, why the action was handled a certain way, why characters said certain things. There there was no point in this film where I was not thinking about the fact that it was a movie made by people and that I it it, it was so sort of roughly put together and so not adherent to basic movie uh structure i guess in turn just in terms of the way it was constructed and the way the film looked um the way the uh the movie went along through the different there there really are not acts in this movie i would say it it just sort of floats around from one one place to the next and decides that something else is going to happen here um, we don't follow really any characters for an extended length of time. We we phase in and out between which characters we're actually focusing on, and then some of them die, and some of them just kind of like disappear from the movie for a bit, and then pop back up. And and there's no central through line of. It's a movie that would be completely unintelligible, I think, if you had not seen any of the previous four. Uh, I don't know. I just found it so difficult to stay immersed in it at all uh whatsoever i i could not i was constantly trying not to look up football games on my phone or uh <laughs> go uh check out comic books or something while i was sitting there like it, it was very difficult for me to continue to to actually sit there and have, have the movie process um so yeah i i think the movie overall is just not well constructed um, I did want to say before we get into too much uh, bashing, um, I believe I saw the director. It was Dominique Oth. Oh, 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 oh geez. Oth and Gerard, I think, is what we've decided. Yep. Um, apparently, th- this is literally just one line on his Wikipedia page, um, but apparently he's uh, active in promoting awareness for Down syndrome. Oh, that's so cool. like. I don't want to. Okay. Yeah, no, for I sure. I feel like the, with a movie like this, it would be very easy to um, sidetrack and start like bashing a particular person who's involved with it, and just be like, "We've never heard of this person. We're gonna, we're gonna take him to task. How dare they?" Um, so I don't know exactly what that means. I don't really see a lot 
on the actual Wikipedia page. And of course, we would never do more research to verify claims like that. But um, I do want to point out, he was, he was a human. He probably had a good time making yeah. this movie. Um, I'm not I'm not holding this against our boy Dominique Othin and Gerard, um, but it's not a good it's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, so my I, I'll say real quick. Also, the the uh, the one kid who stutters a lot is also not treated in a horrible way. Sure. Yeah. Which yeah. A a teen slasher film in the eighties. I figured like yeah. But I I feel like he would have been a prime target for for jokes in in mm-hmm. any sort of uh other film so yeah i like how they just uh they just force the stupidity a... and terrible deaths upon uh normal characters yeah <laughs> upon hack hack teens hack yeah, teens cause, yes because people who stutter aren't normal i meant normal for <laughs> this kind of movie you know what i mean <laughs> i know what you meant I know what you come mean. on no that that taking that, me uh, to task <laughs> flows right into my best thing which is uh jamie and billy are plucky intrepid kids uh danielle harris is good she was good in the last one she's good in this one and i like billy he was a sweet kid he was nice he just wanted to be nice to jamie he succeeded at that they were friends yep. and it was nice it was just every time they showed up i was like oh okay we're gonna be all right here um i always a little just a little peek behind the the curtain i'm always a little um insecure when we do best and worst because i do not interpret like i always think like i don't know very much about movies because i can't like think in terms of like plot structure and i mean i guess with some movies i can sure but i can think very poetically about movies i guess but like tell everything you just said made perfect sense to me i could not have come up with that on my own so i always feel like i'm just gonna say like actors names but um but also i feel like this movie doesn't give me a whole lot <laughs> to grab onto <laughs> Um, it's a very my, slippery, slippery movie to think about. Yes, my my worst thing movie though truly is the teens. I in every one of these movies so far, my uh, Mario Party mini game has been which is the character that I m- most dislike or that I listen. Annie was nothing compared to. <laughs> I complained about Annie in the first movie. Annie's fine now. <laughs> I hated these teens. I didn't hate Samantha. Samantha was fine. But, like, Mikey, I described as a human gag. Like, he's just so, like, uh, yeah, whatever. Hey, man, combing his hair all the time. Uh-huh. Spitz laughs like a hyena all the time, like he's auditioning for the Joker on Gotham or something. And then um, Samantha's fine. She's They don't really give her personality. She's just there. But Tina, who's sort of the head teen, because they just kill off Rachel. Yes. Just just suddenly rachel's not there one of the endearing likable characters and again coming back to the alien 3 thing it's not a oh we open with a horrifying sequence in which michael myers is back and he's he's murdered rachel um right it's like 15 minutes into the movie and she's killed almost off screen in the way it's cut yeah uh it's it's film it's like enough into the movie that you think rachel's gonna be one of the main characters of the movie yeah she gets stabbed in kind of the shoulder uh, yeah. And then we cut away and we don't see her until we find her body at the very end of the movie. The original plan was to give her a much more gruesome death, um, mm-hmm. I believe, because she gets stabbed with like a pair of scissors. And yes. I think Ellie Cornell yeah. said that the original plan was like he was going to shove them down her throat or something Ugh. like really grotesque. Good. And she was already frustrated with how her yeah. character was being treated. And she was like, guys, you can't. Yeah. 
it's you're already overstepping it by by killing her this early but like let's do something at yeah. least a little more tasteful so that was that was apparently like the one compromise that she was able to kind of sure. get through so it could yeah, have been worse <laughs> yeah true um but that means the all the weight falls to tina and i don't i am not criticizing the actress for this the actress who weirdly she gets the character credit <laughs> in the opening mm-hmm. credits and i can't remember the actress's name as tina yeah, which like usually that's reserved for like would be like Michael Myers or Loomis or something. She, yeah. I wrote a one of my notes is because I took notes is are these teens always drunk? Because every scene that Tina had up until the horror stuff starts happening, she's like spinning her over and falling down. She won't stand up straight. She's laughing her head off. Which like I work in a library. That's what teenagers do. But it's also so. Like, I found it so off-putting, and I found just all th- three of those four teens so annoying. And there are movies that over, that, like, take these tropes and blow them to such ridiculous proportions that it becomes funny. Mm. Like, Return of the Living Dead kind of does that, and in a very different way, Wet Hot American Summer. But this just was like, I, d- I don't, what, why? <laughs> like, it just, it made, it was so annoying to me. And I don't like to root for characters who aren't like "quote unquote" bad characters to die in something, but I wasn't too sad <laughs> when yeah. these started getting picked off, particularly uh, Mikey. Yeah, they, who, yeah. They, they said that uh, when the movie first released, apparently, um, at at some of the showings, when Tina gets killed in the woods, apparently people applauded. <laughs> <laughs> and the actress's name is a uh, Wendy Foxworth. Wendy Foxworth as Tina. Uh, Good performance of a horrible, horrible character. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming all these actors are just going off of the directing and the script. Like, I don't I don't know any of them well enough to be like, oh, it's that's how they play every role. I mean, I'm doing their jobs. Britain, that's Um, that's very that's very bold of you to assume that there was a script. (laughs) Yeah, it was like it was like a Mike Lee film. (laughs) One guy watched. They they let the film sort of t- uh, write itself as they improvise mm-hmm. with, within the characters. You're not you're not far off. <laughs> you're really not. Oh boy. Well, Alex, what are your bests and worst about Halloween Five: Revengeance? <laughs> um, I think I overall probably enjoyed this the most, and that's that. I think most of that comes down to I knew what I was getting into. Sure. Um, so there was only so much that I could spoil it for you guys, aside from you're going to be disappointed by stuff it does. Um, but I think ultimately I liked it the most. And I think a lot of that falls down to Danielle Harris. Um, sure. Her, she, she is the lead of the movie. Um, if, yeah. if there is a lead, because like you said, Tyler, it, it, it's just meandering. She, like it just, she it just goes all over the place. A solid, a solid while. Yeah. I feel like, or at least is, is put on the bench. Yeah. Like, there's a good section in the middle chunk of the movie where she's just absent. Um, but she is really, really good. And and so much of it, she's not even able to, like, say dialogue because they have her character be mute for a, a, a mm-hmm. good chunk of the yeah. movie, which uh, is just one of many weird choices that they decide to go with for seemingly no reason at all. Like, it doesn't really pay off at all aside from she gets her voice back. 
And Tina's very happy about it. And Tina is, is I, jubilant about it. We'll have to talk about this. I don't know what Tina's relationship to Jamie is. Uh, Where was Tina in the last movie if they have such a close relationship? Yeah, like I... I, I know it's been a year, but it's still very strange. I'm not clear. Um, but yeah, Danielle Harris, I, I think she carries the movie, uh, particularly the whole sequence where she's evading Michael Myers at yeah. the Myers house, which is... A completely different house from the one we are presented with in the it's, original it's film. All, it's all decrepit and stuff, man. You know? Like, it's... It's it's old. <laughs> it's old, It's an old man. house now. <laughs> um, Don't the, you know what 11 years can do to a house, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you watched hey. Halloween 2, like, when, when the, the citizens of Haddonfield are attacking the house, I mean, yeah. it clearly changed the architecture mm-hmm. of, the, of yeah. the building. Look. Somebody rode that house hard and put it away wet, okay? Just... <laughs> it happens. Uh, but I, I, I really like the laundry chute sequence. I think that might be the best scene in the film, and that might be one of my personal favorites of, of any of the Halloween films. I think that, just as a, a horror film concept, I think that's a very effective scene. And apparently the the stunt guy was actually... Uh, stabbing the shoot while daniel harris was in there when they were filming that's that's a cool thing to know about it's (laughs) that's a cool thing for him to do and i like that a lot (laughs) it's uh yeah they they they, uh a lot of uh safety was kind of just thrown to the wayside when they made this movie yeah she's a kid she's fine limber we'll be fine (laughs) Uh, also, apparently, Wendy Foxworth, when she's getting chased and she's got the long cape, yeah. when she's getting chased by Michael Myers, apparently she did fall over. She tripped on the cape and the car did run her over. Like, she wasn't hit or anything, but the car rolled over her. Yeah. It's good. We almost lost Catherine Hahn. Because one of my notes is that Catherine Hahn played Tina. <laughs> <laughs> that makes there sense. There's some parts of... There's some parts in there, and I was like, I'm pretty sure there's an episode of WandaVision that Tina would slot <laughs> right into. Yeah. That's a con- I like Catherine Hahn. I'm not dragging Catherine Hahn. I looked around as though there were people in my room. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just overall, I think Danielle Harris, like, she continues to be a very, very wonderful bright spot in the, this kind of section of movies. And just just to go ahead and warn both of you guys, she's not in six. And that's interesting. We, we I will address that when we get there because there's an interesting story. Okay. For that, but uh, I'll I'll leave huh. that be for right now. Um Yeah, in terms of a worse thing, uh, I'll I'll just go with the easy one. I mean, it's it's, it's how they treat Rachel. Um Yeah. Sure. And I it, it's not even that they kill her off so early. I mean, that's that's already just just terrible, but they treat her like a moron from the get-go. Like the way she's written doesn't even work. And the fact that they have her running outside with just a towel on and they're going she for like like six showers in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it's just gratuitous. And it's just like very sleazy attempts at sex appeal. And it's Rachel. Like she's, that's not her character, you know? No, that's, that's not how she's presented in at least in part four. Uh, but, but like the whole thing where she's like, Oh, it's fine. It's been a year since Michael Myers attacked, and it's it is literally Halloween. It's fine. I'll leave. I'll leave Jamie alone, and I'll go party. Yeah. And none of it. None of it rang rang true for me. All all of it was was very very forced, and um and then she just gets killed in a very stupid way. Um, 
and yeah, that 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 was just very very insulting. And and she, honestly, it, it should have been her and and uh, Jamie as dual protagonists in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tina can be a fun side character, but yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, that that's 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 mine. So I a question just the the movie opens like halloween 2 with footage from the previous movie yes but then i feel like i heard something later they kept referring to like rachel's parents plural did jamie kill the mom or just hurt her very badly it seems that they have retconned it so she just hurt her very badly which is I actually remembered it as it was a dream. So I'm glad that they at least kept it as, no, she did go crazy that night yeah. and she did attack her. That's they do. something. Uh, we we had talked a bit about how my read of the last movie was that Jamie uh, was driven to uh, perpetrate the horrible acts and continue the cycle of trauma and destruction because of what she'd experienced trying like living under michael myers shadow um no they just make it supernatural in this it's fine <laughs> everything's fine <laughs> she you know, in, she has this, the, a very yeah. supernatural connection to michael myers that they play on a bunch in weird ways and that never really d- does anything if i'm not right. mistaken does it does that come up in a big way in the final act that i'm forgetting not really. Um, so. She's it's, able it's to strange. like briefly like stop him, and he takes off his mask for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Let, just because she tells him, "Let like, me see." Yeah, and he he's crying. There's a there's a single <laughs> tear glistening on his face. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's sad. And then and then he tries to kill her. Uh, yeah, it's odd. Um, yeah. Yeah, I. It feels like that was one of those scenes where they expected someone in the audience to go. He's beautiful. <laughs> he's just um, like us. He's just um Oh, he's scared. You couldn't hurt a soul. Not with those sad eyes. I I think for me, a lot of the things that I want to talk about are going to feel like I am describing a fever dream and hoping that I remember things correctly and just just kind of verifying that they happen. Um, I think the first thing I really want to get into, because we talked a bit about Jamie uh, being mute for a lot of the movie and then getting her voice back slowly. Uh, there is a sequence where she and Loomis and I think maybe the sheriff and Billy, Billy is translating because I guess he understands her better because kids understand each other. It's fine. Telepathy. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and she is trying to tell Loomis about what she's seeing because she's seeing things through Michael Myers eyes. Um, and at one point she says cookie lady. And uh, basically after this is after a continued description of this gas station that has a giant, very lewd painting of a woman with uh, cookies held over her breasts uh, because apparently the gas station has very famous cookies. Uh, and she says that and there's a there's a sh- an, an officer who immediately is like it's the gas station on fifth and broad or whatever and i'm just i just had to stop and think for a moment like that that man really just knew exactly what she was talking about like oh yep yeah it wasn't it wasn't played as kind of a joke or like no one no one acknowledged the fact that it was weird no, no one who did not understand what the cookie lady meant 
asks any further information. He was just, this guy's just like, oh, I got that. Yep, yep. Favorite painting in town. Fa- favorite mural. <laughs> um, so that was weird. Yeah. Um, well, Jamie in this movie is basically the brand Stark to Michael mm-hmm. Myers' three-eyed raven. Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, you could you could make the argument of the brand start yeah, to his, his Night King in every sense. Yeah, but I, I think I think you could just take that metaphor farther and just say like, yeah, she is able to sometimes see what he's up to. Sure. Billy yeah. is Hodor. That doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, all all the supernatural stuff was really weird. Um. Which theoretically they'll get into more because we have not Van Helsing stomping around, breaking Mikey Michael Myers out of jail with his little tattoo. Yeah, that was like if you're gonna have a dude who's walking around, he's got these big, big, pointy-toed iron, iron-toed boots, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's he's stomping around, he's jingling and jangling. He's got a hat of some sort that looks looks very uh, mysterious, looks like a vampire hunter type of thing going on. And uh, it's, I feel like, especially Alex, as you're alluding to, if they were really just making up as you go along, how do you not have that guy just show up and be like, I've been I've been waiting to kill Michael Myers for, for 15 years. Right. I'm I'm Michael Myers's uncle and I uh, <laughs> I've studied the supernatural and he came under it. Like, I, I don't know. How do you not work that character in and then have him pay off in the finale to be this this, you know, cool mysterious dude because he literally has three scenes until the ending where we just see his silhouette we see him getting off a bus at one point and scaring a couple kids it's the weirdest thing and then at the very end he just blows up the jail and michael myers gets out and we still never actually figure out what this guy's deal is it's it's such an odd setup and i don't i don't know how you commit to something that hard without knowing yeah, that you're going to have a movie ready to go like the next year. Like, I, like that's the kind of thing you do if you are filming movies back to back to back and you've got the green light and you're just turning these out for five million dollars a, a movie. Um, I don't understand story wise how you end up with that in the final product and then don't make another movie for six years. I think we'll we, we can maybe pin that for a moment to talk about it. But that was just one weird plot thread that literally went nowhere yeah. uh and also promised that it, it would get it would go somewhere in the sequel and i i don't know i thought that was just bizarre yeah um well i think from from their perspective they were probably thinking that this was going to be successful because four sure. part four was very successful it had you know decent reviews at the time and it made a lot of money and this one was just took like a steep nosedive that I don't think they were <laughs> expecting. Um, yeah. Um, can I, can we just can we just hold right there for a moment? Yeah. Absorb this. So people people today, right? They like to complain about <laughs> Hollywood and say, "Oh, Hollywood, you know, they don't have any new ideas. Uh, movies today, they're all they're all just rehashes of old things. You know, that it's all based on nostalgia." There's not any any creative stuff going on. Can we can we just anybody who has ever thought that about a movie that has come out in the last 10 years, please just reflect on the fact that Halloween five, the revenge of Michael Myers uh, got a sequel 
they 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 they, they did another it wasn't a reboot they did another one after yeah. Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers, they said yes. <laughs> nope, still gotta follow let's, this up. Let's let's do one more. Let's let's really put a cap on that. The movie, There's the movie literally. The I store. said I pulled this number completely at random. The movie literally had a budget of five million dollars, um, oh. and uh, made twelve million dollars, and that's rounding up. <laughs> so, is that domestic? Uh oh yes. You had to go to your is, theater and watch it. I don't even would this would this have even been released in other countries? Would they would they have been like, oh no, sorry, we're good. Presumably, it released released in uh, Switzerland and France. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> it was Michael Myers is huge in Singapore. Uh. <laughs> um, I I just wanted to to go ahead and and, and uh, shoot off some more facts since Tyler, you you ran through quite a bit there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Britain they they did not start with a a full shooting script. So they were having to come up with stuff on the fly, which I think sure. is a, a good good uh, thing to kind of pin the uh, the hard leaning into just very very uh, generic slasher film tropes, like just like we have the most obnoxious teen characters. All they want to do is go party and and have sex, and we're gonna kill them off. Um, so that's that's why they have so many just random meandering off kilter choices. Cause you've got this, this director who hasn't really done any other like Hollywood productions, at least at the time. Um, and they kind of just let him do his own thing. It sounds like, but with no yeah. script. Um, and I, I, I can get into some of the direction that he gave people. Apparently he kept telling Ellie Cornell be more sexy. <laughs> um, he told the police officers, which we'll get to, I'm sure, uh, to when they were like walking in and out of scenes to walk like penguins. <laughs> he told Don Shanks when uh, describing how Michael Myers should move, he said, you need to move like wood through water. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm actually not against that. You know what? That's that's the kind of like pretentious directing I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> No, so, no, I, I, I see it. Is he because he is the tree? Oh my god! <laughs> point, point being, the director had a vision but no script, so that's sure. a a recipe for disaster, <laughs> right? Um, then regarding, they call him the Man in Black. That is how he is credited. Um, I, I don't know if they did reshoots for the movie, but he was added very late in the game mm-hmm. because they, they looked at the movie and said, oh, God, this doesn't make any sense. We need something to connect the dots at least somewhat and set up an ending. Um, and that's that's what they did. And they were like, <laughs> we're just going to kick this can down the road and we'll deal with what? it in part six. Connect I, the dots. <laughs> I, I think mostly with regards to the ending, because the ending, like you don't. You don't have an ending without that guy just showing up and breaking Michael yeah, Myers out. Because yeah. yeah, otherwise it's like, there's a connected dots picture, and then in the upper left corner, there's just a cube. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Weird. But but yeah, this was... It, it, it sounds like they had a lot of fun making the movie, and that it was just like a, a wild time, but yeah, they, they had no idea what they were doing, and... You know, for for something like this, like this is why part four works so well. I mean, it was probably made under under similar conditions to this one in terms of low budget. We we don't have that many uh, shooting days. You know, we kind of just have to kind of run and gun this thing. But that one had a script to start with. 
Mm-hmm. So when you have that, like you at least have your foundation that you can build from. This, when you're just kind of making stuff up as you go, it's like nigh impossible to make that work into some sort of cohesive story at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, like famously, Mike Lee and Wong Kar Wai, and I think Drake Doremus do that, but they also do that with different types of stories, and they're also like brilliant filmmakers. Right. So it's a little bit. And they also different. weren't making Halloween 5. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, one of the notes I have is that teens mate by hair color <laughs> because the blondes and the brunettes get together. <laughs> um, there's also a part, uh, these aren't facts, but. Uh, I also want to talk. Um, there's a part where Jamie is they're, they're coloring or, or drawing the markers or something, and she's holding a a red a tube of red paint and a tube of black paint in one hand, and she looks at it, and then she starts like freaking out. And I was like, Jamie went to Georgia Tech. There's also <laughs> a part in the film where uh, so okay, I want to talk about these two cops because we still have Sheriff. Is it mm-hmm. Meeker? Yes. Yeah, he he he's back. He's doing his thing. But um, we have these other two cops who are like, I guess they're supposed to be com- comic relief. They're they the kind Vulcan, of interact like those. They're the bulk and skull of the of the uh, Halloween universe. Yeah, or like those two guys in the Sonic commercials. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh. but they're just kind of walking. Up. But the first time we see them, they walk up into the foreground, and the music is playing like bulk and skull, like. Like, oh, here comes the funny music. And I think, mm-hmm. Tyler, you thought you said there was like a clown nose sound in it. or Yeah, there's there's like a, a horn honking in some way yeah. in the middle of multiple scenes with them. It was really strange. But then I didn't hear that theme repeat very much. So I was like, Are, what do you want, movie? Yeah. Um, and they weren't even that goofy. No, <laughs> they, they were really like, weren't. They were a little bit silly. Uh, yeah, and they were silly in a in kind of a fun, relatable way. Uh, right, they, right. they almost felt like they should have been audience standards because the, there's yes. a point where uh, they're sitting on a stakeout uh, outside of the party that all the teens are at, and they see the car that Michael Myers is driving go flying by, uh, and one of them's like, hey, don't you think we should check that out? And the other guy's like, ah, well, you know, we have our orders. We're supposed to stay here. Does that look like a... a um, emergency to you and the other guy's like oh no i guess not and then michael myers drives yeah. them by which is like a fun silly joke uh but that's the kind of humor that they do with them it's not slapstick you know over the top hitting each other on the side of the head accidentally i don't it's such an odd uh way to view those characters to feel like you need to add in silly cartoon sounds to make them right funny right. i don't know it no i agree really bizarre agree. yeah and even listening to alan howarth talk about it in the behind the scenes he's just like i the director told me to come up with something funny sure. goofy that they thought would fit the scene and it, it, sometimes it doesn't work <laughs> yeah yeah <for> sure. <laughs> Who, i will say uh there's some fun renditions on the theme in this sure. they, yeah. they slow down the halloween theme a bit at times uh, they do or they I guess really just Alan Howarth does some cool stuff with the theme. Um, I mentioned the last time <clears throat> last time that he really slides into the synths uh, and that has you know decent results. But I think this one he's almost a little bit more successful at playing with the the theme and changing around the tempo and the melody. 
Um, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Now I distinctly remember like during the, um, when Michael is chasing them through the, the woods with the car. Yeah. I remember the, the score sticking out a lot to me and you know, it, it is weird kind of saying this given all these goofy scenes and how a lot of the tr- characters are treated. I feel like this one had a good sense of atmosphere during the actual horror scenes themselves. And maybe that's just the car chase in the woods and Jamie getting chased around the Myers house. Um, but I don't know. For some reason, those stick in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see why. I can I can see what appeals about them. Um, does Does Tina ever learn that Mikey was killed? Because she goes to the party and starts dancing with a guy who's dressed like um, the beavers in the BBC language in the wardrobe. Uh-huh. Maybe he's more like the wolves. He looks ridiculous. Um, but she starts dancing with him and like, they're going to go skinny dipping. So I think she, I think she just doesn't know. I mean, I would get over Mikey very fast, but like, you know what I'm saying? I know. Well, obviously she thinks that it's, it's him in the car initially. Sure. um, sure. Cause Michael Myers puts on a wolf mask or whatever. Um, Yeah. I can't remember if right before she, he actually starts chasing her with the car. If, if that's kind of where she realizes, oh, hey, it's not, it's not him. I can't remember. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I that know. scene just starts with her freaking out and being like, oh my gosh, the car is attacking me. Yeah. There's some horrible man in it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that she ever realizes. I don't even know if she realizes that it's Mikey's car. Yeah. I don't think she ever has that. Maybe she does in her final moments. <laughs> um, but we, we never get a confirmation. That's true. Yeah. It is nice of Michael to give her a ride to the party. Yeah. That's sweet. Uh-huh. You know, he didn't have to, but he did. You got to move those you know. plot points along somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, what if Michael Myers... So can kill you, okay? Just what what just... if he kept himself in masks by doing, uh, like, lift? <laughs> 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 and someone like, hey, oh, thanks for picking me up. Yeah, it's really pouring out there. So, been driving long? Oh, Okay. I do think um, it would have been funny if he kept the ghost sheet from the first one. And that's what he was sure. wearing when he was driving. Guys, so so the mask in this one, I feel like I liked it better than the one in four, but I Maybe. also don't really know. Yeah. Um, I also was really hoping that he and that fisherman would fall in love at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, so, let's 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 talk about the beginning how, real quick. Yes. How many movies have you seen where a man a mysterious man washes up on shore and the person takes him into their cottage and cares for him or vice versa. could be, could be either way or, you know. right, or vice versa. Yeah. And then they, they end up falling in love. Maybe the, maybe the man in black is the fisherman. We yeah. don't come back. We don't. Know what so I'm yeah. I, so let me, can I try and describe from my memory what happens here? And then, and then maybe all can sort out because I, I, literally when I say from the beginning of the movie i did not know what was going on um yeah so michael myers uh, he escapes the 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 mine shaft exploding and getting well, floats. At, at first we thought it was a graveyard or something then apparently it turns into like a cavern that he falls into which is yeah, not whatever. which is not what we thought at the beginning of uh, or the end of four in the four yeah whatever it is 
Um, he floats down the river in a very silly fashion for a bit. Yeah. For a scene that goes on far too long, uh, where he's just floating around on his back, like, ooh, ooh, sliding around. Ooh, ooh, yeah. gotta avoid that rock. All right, all right, moving along. Um, and then he, he washes up. Some guy with a parrot finds him. And <laughs> the guy with a parrot is like, oh, you're like a you're like a dead guy, I guess. Yeah. And then Michael Myers, I believe. I think he stays there for a year. He's well, literally the, comatose for a year. And that's that's OK. That, this is my first sticking point. My first uh, kind of piece of confusion, because yeah, we established this is right after Halloween four. We established that it's a year later. Um, and then there, there's some altercation. Maybe he hits the dude with the parrot and then the dude with the parrot hits him. No, or I think the dude with the parrot hits him over the head or something. I don't know. Or does he just drag him in? I don't know. Um, it's a very weird scene because it, it, there is some action happening and then it cuts across this building that is very vaguely defined and doesn't make any sense. Right. That is also just in an odd place in general to be up against this river in yeah. the middle of, I guess, Indiana. It almost looks uh, like Illinois. Sea or something. Yeah, it, it's completely strange. It feels like they're supposed to be backstory with that character, or that like that character is supposed to be way more important, and that whole set is supposed to be way more important. Um, and then the character uh, is just like, oh well, I guess this guy is sort of dead and somehow we transition to a year later and then i think michael myers kills him yes. yeah strangles him what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah alex do you have do you have some information to tell us? I, I i do have some information i don't think it'll help all that much but i i, I can try um First off, I, I did want to point out that there is an extra bit at the beginning where they're trying to kill Michael Myers that is not included in part four, because apparently once Michael falls into what we now know is like a full cavern or whatever, they drop explosives down there. Yes. Which does not happen at the end of four. Right. Um, Because, like I said, it's supposed to be like a graveyard. So he just kind of falls into the earth and that's that. Um, So already I'm already questioning like, so they... They never find a body. Why do they think he's dead a year later? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because Loomis said that he returned to the Earth, which is where evil lives. Because Loomis does this a lot, especially in this movie. He just starts making up rules. Because <laughs> he's, he's lost his mind. He is, no, I know, he is I know. fulfilling his character arc of losing his mind. No, for sure. But like <laughs> in this movie, he'll, he'll be like, no, we have to take him back to Jamie. Jamie's the key. He has to go back to the house. The scenes where poor old Donald Pleasance, he's having to grab this like 13-year-old girl and like shake her and go, where is he? We must find him, Jamie. Well, Tell me where he is. This this leads us well, I think, into, uh, or do you have more to say? About I, I, do, I do actually have okay, more to say. Finish off that first and then um, that's another good tangent. Originally, that opening with with Michael being brought back to life, so to speak, was I, I think they completely reshot it because it didn't do well with test screenings or something like that. <laughs> and the new one did. I, I don't know. Um, the. I, I believe the character is called Dr. Death. 
who brings him back like it was a completely different version, like an extended version of the scene of him like actively trying to bring Michael Myers back from the dead. And apparently it was supposed to be kind of a riff on Frankenstein or something. There's not a whole lot to go off of. That's basically what I gleaned from the behind the scenes stuff. So there is an alternate version of that. I have not seen it. See, this makes me feel like there's a very fun version of this movie where you you work in a, a Frankenstein riff, you work in a Van Helsing thing, yeah. like where you have Michael Myers be like a a classic Universal mon- movie monster, and he's got all the like. There's some stuff there. It's not in the movie, but there's some stuff hinted. There there's some suggestions that could lead you to a good movie or a fun movie. That's annoying. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I liked when um, Loomis and Michael end up back. At, and there's, there's a part where like Michael Myers like slashes Loomis. And I was like, oh, okay. This, this is the closest I've gotten to any of these scenes meaning something to me. I was like, oh, Loomis. And this is a Loomis and Michael Myers confrontation. It's just the two of them. And Michael slashes them like that. That's something. Um, or I can invent it as something in my head. Um, but like, it's first of all, it's Don Shanks and Don Pleasance, a sort of a dark versus light Don, uh-huh. if you will. Uh-huh. And then there, uh, Pleasance is saying all this stuff about like, you can end it if you stop here, you can do this, and you were the chosen one. Why are you? You were the chosen one. I have the higher ground, Michael. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Told situation you were my brother michael i loved you (laughs) and then michael just like slashes him and leaves i can't remember yeah i think after that he just goes chasing after jamie oh yeah so much of this movie just yeah appeared before me tears and rain etc i want to talk about loomis and jamie because there was one point in this movie movie where I was genuinely laughing because Loomis, after after Michael Myers uh, runs down Tina, murders Tina, has murdered all the teens, um, has murdered Rachel. I don't know if we necessarily know that he's he's murdered Rachel, but basically after after Michael Myers has gone on a killing spree, um, and this poor girl has barely avoided death at his hands uh has been on the run literally ran across town from the uh what do you call it the clinic Mm. that she's been staying at to to try to save her friend uh and instead watched her friend get horribly murdered in front of her um (laughs) loomis comes up to her and is like now do you believe me that you have to help me (laughs) now that all your friends are dead (laughs) you idiot (laughs) um and I thought it was very funny because Loomis just completely loses his mind uh, in the best possible way. And it's Loomis is such a bizarre character to for these movies to cling to. Uh, I don't know how we got here from Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I mean, I guess I know in the sense that she did not come back for the sequel and that was kind of all, all she wrote. Um, but just the fact that... Or no, not the sequel. She wasn't the sequel. Never Jamie. mind. Four. Didn't come back for four or three, technically, but I maybe mean, I don't know. Basically, I I am fascinated by the fact that they say, "Well, we can't get back the uh, the the young starlet who uh, who really helped propel this franchise and and has become 
associated with those first two movies very well. Um, we, we can't get her back. Uh, Let's get that hottie with a body. <laughs> Donald <laughs> I was going to say, like, we could we we could replace her with this teen other teen. We, we found somebody who is likable and works in, in these movies. And we could have her be the sort of stand in for Jamie Lee Curtis moving forward or <laughs> more Donald Pleasance. What if we what if just more horribly scarred, uh, just very old running around yelling his head off Donald Pleasance? What if we did that some more? And you know what? I'm not I'm not upset about this. It, it I, yeah. I think it's almost better than the alternative because uh, they could have just continued to stick with. Oh, now Rachel's the new, uh, the new Laurie Strode, and she's just gonna be our our person that we follow, and the all the movies are gonna be about her trauma with Michael Myers. But nope, we're we're gonna swerve. We're not gonna do the, this movie has a slasher movie inside of it, yeah, <laughs> which is very strange. Like once Rachel dies, up until Tina dies, we basically have Tina as the main focus. And her her band of teens, and then eventually Michael Myers murders, murders them all. And then we shift back to the Myers house and Loomis and Jamie, and have an entire sequence that feels a lot more like the previous four, three, three movies. Um, it's really weird. It does. I don't understand how they carry themselves from one scene to the to the next, even if they were completely just laying the tracks out in front of them as they were driving the train. Um, it it's it has no momentum or flow or pacing in any sense of the word, and it's fascinating. But it's just over ninety minutes, so it is know. just over ninety minutes. It's it's a long ninety minutes. Yeah, I did watch it in two parts. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, I do feel like a lot of it is just like I've seen it before, so I, I was aware sure, of sure. kind of kind of what 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 was going on, and I actually had scenes to look forward to because I, I like I do like a good a good chunk of of the kind of end section of the mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. This one is just like it's kind of bad. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what did I? What grade did I get? The Okay, I want, I, I'm I'm lowering my Halloween two grade. <laughs> uh, give it whatever I gave four. All right, so Halloween two, you originally gave it a C minus, so I'm going to lower that to a D plus, which is what you gave part four. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Halloween, Tyler, what are you, what are, what are you rating? Halloween five? five is so bad that you have just proactively. It, it just line of fire uh yeah. casualty of war halloween 2 has taken a hit it was more that i just like this and four combined i was like what no no i like the first one no I love the <laughs> franchise isn't working for me i like i like to imagine that it, it, in this three. metaphor halloween 5 like points a gun at halloween 4 both halloween 4 and halloween 3 managed to duck <laughs> and it hits <laughs> halloween 2 <laughs> yeah I mean, Tyler, it's been known to happen. Happened to me with the entire Blade trilogy. <laughs> sure. Alex, what are you giving this? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Britton, I, I missed your actual grade for this one. 
That's he what was, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, out. gotcha. I, I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, I'm going to be nice to the movie. <laughs> I'm going to give it a D plus. Um, it's bad, and I, I certainly wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but I had a good time, and I didn't hate it, and there were a couple of things that I actually enjoyed, so D+. plus. <laughs> it's okay if you both go F, it won't, it won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, I feel like I haven't met the F yet. I don't, I, I'm, maybe, maybe this is, I don't know, delusional. I'm gonna go. This I feel like you very both very important. You both are doing uh-huh. like a, a Mexican standoff of like who can hold on the longest without having no, to go, to say a grade. Go go ahead, Britain. D minus. Yeah. Uh, I did not expect to be here going into this <laughs> podcast. I think I'm gonna give it an F plus. I think. I think the more we have talked about this, the more I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of uh, uh, entranced by <laughs> the existence of this film and how it ended up where it ended up. By huh. the end of this franchise, all of us will have one F plus. I hope so. You all gave right. an F plus to Halloween three, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That fireman extra made me so happy. There will it, there. I, I would say there's one potential F plus. Uh-huh. I don't. I can't. I can't confirm, but there might be one for me. We'll see. This this one I think hits hits right in that sweet spot of, I, I didn't, I didn't like it, but I was not uh, mad at it. And sure. the more I think about it, the more it's so quirky and bizarre and not a a actual movie in in many ways uh yeah you know what i'm here for it i do recommend seeking out the behind the scenes for this film because i you know i i i clearly found it fascinating because i couldn't stop talking about it um but just hearing straight from from the actors and the producers and and stuff just hearing them talk about their experiences on set like it's really I, i found it very intriguing so nice well, speaking of recommendations, uh, I have that stuff. Um, so the three of us uh, did a little field trip, went to go see uh-huh. Shang Chi: The uh-huh. Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I'll be, I'm, I won't harp on it because we have a whole episode to do about it at some point. But I did like it, um, and that movie, uh, of course, co-stars the great Tony Lung, one of my favorite actors. And so I'm gonna recommend. Uh, well, first of all, Tony Lung did one of those videos for uh, GQ, I think where you do the he breaks down his most iconic roles um which was just really interesting it was great to watch and hear him talk about a lot of these movies that i have have seen and loved um Mm -hmm. so definitely check that out but the movie i'm going to recommend one of my favorite movies uh and this is a movie called hero this is from 2004 directed by Zhang yimo uh it is a wuxia uh film basically the the plot of it is that jet li as a character called Nameless, uh, comes to the the emperor of China and says, you had the bounty out for these three warriors who were threatening your your rule, and I've I've done it. I've killed them. I want the prize. And the emperor's like, okay, well, well, tell me how you did it. These are the three greatest warriors in China. Tell me how, how you did this. And the movie is framed as in flashbacks of Jet Li saying, well, first I found this person. And then we see the story of him finding that person. 
And pretty quickly, it, you start to go, okay, now is this actually happening the way he tells it? And he has these different versions, and the Emperor is starting to get suspicious. Um, it's a very stylized movie. It looks beautiful. Every flashback is given kind of a, a signifying color. Um, obviously, there's more than one color, but like in one version of a of a story it'll everyone will be wearing green and a lot of the settings will be green and then another version of that everything will be in blue or in yellow or red so it's a visually it's just a stunning looking movie jung Mo made um house of flying daggers which was kind of a a lot of people i, I just remember a lot of people getting on that getting on board with that after uh crouching tiger hidden dragon um both of these movies especially hero definitely leans into like the wire foo of Crouching Tiger, it's not a... Uh, the fight scenes are beautiful, but they're not, like, super... I mean, there's, there's some fast stuff, but it's a lot of... Bell I should say balletic, but <laughs> I don't know. More more elegant uh -huh. uh, uh, style fight scenes. And it looks beautiful. The music is absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the cast, I mean, it's Jet Li, Tony Leung, Zhang Ziyi, Donnie Yen is in there, Maggie Chung, who's always good. Uh, it's a really cool movie that was a, it, it's kind of a gateway movie for me when I was first like getting into movies and specifically Chinese movies. Um, I would say it's a great place to start if you are wanting to see more of Tony Long or wanting to get into more Chinese movies. It's very accessible, uh, but still really interesting. It's streaming on HBO Max. It's under two hours. Um, I really love it. And I... Definitely, if you've liked Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, watch it. I actually think Crouching Tiger may come out a little bit better overall. But, you know, here is one of those movies where I've seen it so many times. I almost like, I haven't dulled the effects of it, but I'm like, I just, I know it so well at this point. Uh, but I really love it. And Tony Lung is awesome. And I thought about recommending some of his other stuff. Like I've recommended In the Mood for Love uh, on the show before, which I adore and is also on HBO Max. But some of his other things that I've really loved can be a little, just the way they're made, not even because it's a different language than English, but can be a little hard to tap into. Yeah. But Hero is a, just a really well-made martial arts elegy that I love. Cool. Hero. I'm glad, Sitting there on HBO. I'm glad you actually mentioned that um, because I, I had seen Hero when I was like eight years old. I think I picked mm. it up from Blockbuster one time. <laughs> and it's just like it was incomprehensible to me. Like the the flashback, flash forward, like unreliable right, right. narrator. I was like, I I, I got nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, it would yeah. it would have helped if you remembered to put on subtitles. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was an option on my VHS tape that uh -huh. I I forgot to click on. <laughs> yeah, and but, it definitely um, doesn't go as like scholastically as other movies have have gone. It's it's not an art film. It's not a like supposed to be a deep, you know thought provoke I me mean, kind of thought provoking but not not in the sense of i don't know a really brainy movie it's just sure. a neat kind of framing device for the story um no, i, I yeah, definitely also. would like to take another shot at it because I, yeah. I i was definitely not <laughs> not at the right age <laughs> to, to appreciate oh sure it, so. and it's also not bloody just to qualify that like there's really there's more blood in crouching tiger hidden dragon isn't it and halloween 5 isn't it pg-13 uh -huh. it's it may be R, but I don't know why it would be R. I, I can't reach my DVD. <laughs> um, it's probably PG-13. Uh, I can't reach my VHS tape from Blockbuster either. <laughs> Man, you got to owe a lot of money on that. Or none, because they're closed. Yeah. Is you that why they're closed? Alex! <laughs> you have to go return it to the last Blockbuster in Alaska or wherever. Right, right, right. 
Field trip. Uh, Yay. Podcast. Who else? <laughs> Who else has something to celebrate? Um, I, I, I knocked one more movie off my HBO Max queue. Um, it's slow progress. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, I watched Mystic River. Um, mm. the, uh, detective thriller mystery crime drama from Clint Eastwood from 2003, uh, with Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, Kevin Bacon, uh, Marcia Gay Harden, uh, Emmy Rossum. Um, oh yeah. Uh, pr- pretty stacked cast. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I really, really loved it until like the last couple of scenes. And the only reason I didn't care for quite how it ended is that it suddenly gets very, very heavy into melodrama. There's a couple of monologues that are given that seemed not quite soap opera, but it it felt like we were, it it was almost like setting up like an, like a TV series of like, okay, now you've got your good guy and your bad guy, and they're going to do battle for the heart of the city. And I'm like, that's not what this movie is at (laughs) all. Um, and I, I just thought that it made some weird choices, like at the very end. And I'm talking like the last 10 minutes yeah, of the yeah. movie. Um, but I'm everything else, Sean Penn, I'm assuming Sean Penn was talking to a nurse he, that he met through the course of the events of the movie. And he was like, they can't mess with my river. This river is sick, <laughs> but I can save it. Um, no, it wasn't that, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a character talking to Sean Penn specifically. So, ah, I see. Um, but yeah, everyone's wonderful in it. Um, it. It's just a very, very tight, well-told story. And it's, it, it, it has a very, very good balance of, of being very plot-driven and about the mystery while also just analyzing. Basically, what it comes down to is it's about these three boys back when they were kids. This very tragic, messed-up thing happened to one of them. And it's like... How did that affect the three of these men into their futures? And I kind of like those those types of stories where it's like, no, no, this huge thing in your past, like, in some ways you can't escape it. Um, so I, I really, really like that 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 part of it. And yeah, it's just a very, very well told uh, mystery because um, it focuses on the characters. And you know, Clint Eastwood's a good director when he wants to be, and everyone's <laughs> good in it. So nice, yeah, definitely recommended. I have not seen it. Yeah, um, I actually have a movie to recommend this week. Maybe I'll try and keep up the streak and find another one to recommend for next week, but no promises. Um, (laughs) I watched at the behest of a friend of the podcast and also my wife, Alex, uh, two... I've lost the grammar of the sentence. Um, I watched a movie called Coda, uh, which is on uh amazon which is on apple tv uh so i'm gonna have to proselytize for apple tv here for a second because (laughs) um it is i think a subscription that you can get on a bunch of random deals and things i I know a year of it is like 100 bucks uh which isn't ideal but um i don't know if they do monthly for it i think they always do yearly but there's like if you buy a new apple product you get it i think if you have certain phone plans and things like that you get it so there's a I would weekly say, free trial. Sure, there you go. Um, so I would say if you can find a way to watch Apple TV, one, watch Ted Lasso, because season two is, I think, close to the finale, and it's still great. There's been some like 
chatter online of people trying to say it's like overrated or or not as good as the first one. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff going on underneath the surface with it that people were not ready to let pay off because it is a comedy and they were thinking the fir- the first one has a lot more momentum to it in terms of where the characters are going. Um, the second season, I think, totally is layering things and, and seems like it's heading for a really big payoff. So I would say don't pay attention to that. It's still great. Uh, watch watch all of that if you have not. Um, catch up on it. But also Coda. Uh, it is... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up the director's name. Um, directed by... I want to say Sean Hader, but it's... Uh, Header, Sean S I A N, yeah, H E D Sean, Header H E D E R, um, uh, and she has directed other things before. Uh, I am never prepared to explain my recommendations to people because, like on this podcast, because I'm just bad at preparing. But I need to look up what else she has done if I can find it. Maybe I can't. Uh, Whoa, is Marley oh, Matlin she... in this movie? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, that's um, crazy. I'm looking that, at the IMDb right now. I was going to say, uh, she wrote for uh, the Netflix series Orange is the New Black for the first mm. few seasons, which are considered like the good seasons. Um, also direct a movie called Tallulah, which I'll have to watch. Maybe I'll recommend that. It was apparently a Netflix movie with um, Elliot Page and other people, so that sounds pretty good too um but anyway coda uh it is a movie that is a coming of age movie uh pretty traditional in a lot of ways uh, alongside you know your ladybirds and uh edge of 17 um kind of some of these more recent um teen girl coming of age stories uh stars amelia jones who is incredible in it uh who i don't think has been in anything much before this she was in like the uh lock and key netflix series apparently Mm -hmm. that i don't think many people watched and had a lot of like child roles before that um she's great in this uh and more specifically she has to learn or had to learn sign language before doing the film because the crux of the movie is that she is the only hearing person in a family of deaf people and she is like Basically, the movie is about her realizing that she really loves to sing um, and how that conflicts with her family and her family's interest and the fact that her family can't really uh, enjoy this gift that she has. And it it does a lot of the normal coming of age things, but through this this new lens and has a lot of nuance and interesting things to say about um, the way those interactions work and, and the way that being deaf affects her family's lives and her family's kind of connection to the community. Um. It's really cool. All her her family is played by deaf people. Um, the she has a brother and two parents in the film, and they're all played by deaf actors, um, which is pretty pretty cool. And they're all really wonderful. Um, it's a really good movie. It, it's it's a it's not like mind blowing in the way it does anything, um, but it's it's crisp. It looks good. The acting and, and cast overall is a really really solid. Uh, and it's it's just a movie that'll that'll make you feel uh, inspired, and uh, I I liked it quite a bit. So there's there's my thing. Try and try and find uh, 
it's specifically on Apple TV because Apple TV like bought the rights to the the movie. Um, so try and find some way to watch it. Bum a login from somebody. Uh, I think it's a good time, and really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm gonna have to. That sounds right up my alley. Uh-huh. And I looked, and Marley Matlin isn't it, and I love Marley Matlin, so <laughs> that is that is awesome. Oh man, what a cool sounding movie! Yeah, you got your martial arts, you got your mysteries, you got your got your family, you got Michael Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers. We've we've really covered the we, gamut here, guys. We didn't talk enough, I think, in this about how this is the movie that most has steered into slasher movie tropes. I think of all of these, oh. uh, not obviously Halloween is sort of the OG slasher movie, but staring into uh, the more late 80s slasher movie tropes and kind of the more uh, less uh, savory ideas in slasher movies. And and that's just the fact that Michael Myers has been around the block so much at this point, and he's been he's been chasing after the Strohs, he's been chasing after uh, Jamie, he's been chasing after loomis a bit the the fact that he's just this decrepit old monster man who just wants to to kill some kill some folks uh i think it's i think it's kind of a fun angle to this and i like i i would like a movie we may have talked about this in the last podcast but i really think this movie deserves some narration for michael myers uh played by like I, I think we made a joke in the last one about having that, but done by Harrison Ford, a la Blade <laughs> Runner. Um, I want, I want that for this. I want, I want him just being like, "Oh, I gotta go kill these teens. Show them that I'm still hip. You know? I gotta, <laughs> gotta be, uh, be cool, be rad." Kids don't wear clown suits anymore. That's why the world's going to hell. <laughs> and I'm the devil. They Name's really. Mike. They don't realize that Michael Myers still got it, you know. <laughs> I, I called still... it how Michael got his groove back. <laughs> That's the real revenge. <laughs> uh, well, now the next one is just called, is it just called Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers? I didn't even put a number in it. I believe it has a six on it. I could be wrong. Okay. Does it? Okay. Is it, <laughs> maybe I hope it's a number. I was a letter that doesn't make sense. Like it's the sixty of Michael Myers. <laughs> I I want to say originally the plan was to call it Halloween six six six. Sure. Fear Street beat him to that one. Uh, um, I don't see anywhere with this that has the actual six. I don't, oh yeah, it, it might it might have ditched it. I'm not sure. I think they bailed. Um, or maybe it's this. Because yeah. they are they are not allowed to go more than a couple of movies before they're like, all right, we gotta blow up the, the title. Uh that's we, gotta, true. we gotta reformat. That's yeah. what that's the problem. That's that's what we need to fix. <laughs> the rest will fall into place. Yeah, um we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll find out. I guess I'll climb up out of this well and see what's waiting for me. <laughs> Um, I guess the last thing I'll, I'll say is that, uh, next week with Halloween six, it's a, it's a bit of a different situation because there are two cuts for the movie that are drastically different. Um, it's not just like alien three does have a couple of alterations between the two cuts, but with the extended cut of alien three, it's mostly just, no, you get more material. It's not different material. It's more, um, 
whereas with something like Halloween six, it's it's two very different cuts from from what I've been led to believe. Um, so we're going to we're going to try and figure out how to divvy this up properly. I, I will probably watch both uh, just just uh, to satisfy my curiosity about it. Um, but Tyler and Britain will not have to suffer through that much of Halloween. Six. Sure. I will. I yeah. will let them. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be the loose to this movie's Michael Myers. I watched it clarify. six times, <laughs> six times. <laughs> uh, to clarify, I think we have decided that the, the main thing we will be reviewing is the producer's cut. Yes. Because that seems to be the more definitive version that was not as studio meddling yes that was that was the original version before they did test screenings and and a whole bunch of reshoots mm-hmm. so it reflects more of of what they had originally intended we'll see how it goes they'll probably both suck equally but that's yeah. just how 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 the dice get rolled sometimes what's going to be a pro- i was gonna say what's going to be a problem is if you watch both and are like, oh my gosh, the theatrical cut is so much better. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we're really in a pickle. Um, if you want to find out uh, how we land on the theatrical versus producers cut of Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, you can uh, listen to that podcast on uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can find us on here. Come the sequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT sequels. You can email us at here. Come the sequels at gmail.com. We're on Amazon Music now for reasons um, and contractual negotiations with Apple TV, uh, which will just play like two second clips from the movie uh, over and over again while the audio plays. You can watch that 45 minute Daniel Craig, James Bond documentary and then go one section down. And there we are. Yeah, (laughs) man. It's the closest I'll ever get to James Bond. Under... under their their spiritual uh, and uplifting category, <laughs> where we, where is is that us or is that the James Bond documentary? The James Bond documentary. Alex, did you not understand? Is at the end of No Time to Die, <laughs> the James Bond is saved by the power of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that, where all the movies have been leading. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to take this further. I don't want to be. I don't want to be considered blasphemous. I don't. I don't want to lose our spiritual and uplifting standing on iTunes. No, I was going to say I had. I I wanted to go farther with that, but I will. I will hold my tongue. Um, yeah. He leaps away from him, and he says, "And now let me fall into Christ's ever-loving arms." (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, movies. I've been Britain. Uh, more movies. I've been Alex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you had been able to do Spitz's <laughs> laugh just then, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> Tyler's gonna watch The Grudge in between uh, the league and neck. I, I've been Tyler. Uh, And you are indeed having a happy Halloween.